This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Radio, this is Mississippi Education Connection. I'm your host, Michelle McAdoo, along with my co-host, Tara Wren, Director of Education here at MPB. Well, this academic school year is over, and as chaotic and stressful as it may have been, you made it. But now it's summertime, and keeping your kids active and engaged during this time isn't going to be easy. So today, we're taking a look at summer camps and programs from around the state, letting you know where you can send your kids this summer. Now, we're going to start off on the Mississippi Gulf Coast at the Walter Anderson Museum. Then we'll head to the Mississippi Children's Museum and end with the Boys and Girls Clubs of Central Mississippi. Now, if you'd like to be a part of today's show, you have a comment or a question, give us a call at one eight seven seven. MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Well, good morning, Tara. Good morning, Michelle. How are you today? I'm doing fine. It's Friday. Yes. <laughs> How's your week been? The week was good. Had a good long weekend. Yes. And last week got a little rest, so the week's been pretty good. We're planning lots of things. We did have a short weekend. I forgot Monday was yeah. a, a holiday for most, and yes. uh, we got a day a day to relax and release. And yes. And especially coming off of uh, school. You know, we talked about that last Friday mm-hmm. with the um, senior day. But coming off of graduations, college and high school, mm-hmm. all of the online distance learning and the work that parents actually had to put in this mm-hmm. this last semester has been a um, recovery period. Yes. That Monday was really needed. It was. But now it's time for people. Most people and um, companies are getting back into the workforce. Parents are having to go back to work. Mm-hmm. And now they're wondering, what are we going to do with our children? Right. Our summer camps open, our clubs open. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have uh, take a look at those today and see what options parents have. Good time to talk about yes, that. Yes, yes, yes. But speaking of education, what's going on in the education department? Well, we've got a lot going on, but I will tell everybody about the most exciting thing we're working on right now. As you know, in the past six, seven years, we've had a summer learning family fun day. And we've had thousands of folks to come and visit us down at the um, Jackson Convention Center, but because of everything that's going on this week, we're doing this year. We're doing something different because of COVID nineteen, and in the spirit of social distancing, we are having summer learning family fun week, virtual style. Okay. We're doing it the entire week of June twenty first through the twenty June twenty first through the twenty seventh. It's going to be an entire week of fun for families to learn together at home. We're going to post activities and we're going to have some live events. Ed says it's going to have his own concert. I mean, it's going to be story time. Lots of things going on that entire week. So it's going to be lots of fun. And our theme is a great time to learn together. So we're telling everybody to just kind of follow us right now as we are planning. Keep up with us on MPB Education on Facebook and Instagram and more details to come. But we're pretty excited about that. That's good. And that's a huge event. I remember. uh, Yes. And the the spirit of it mm -hmm. is for, you know, to come back summer learning loss, to keep kids 
interested, excited about reading and STEM and, and learning. And this this will help them to see how learning can be fun right. with and, their and family. Like you said, and get the entire family involved. Absolutely. All right. What else is uh, happening in the education department? Well, we're still doing our graduation, uh, celebrating seniors. Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing that online, and we have more than 100 entries. So we wow. encourage people to go to education.mpbonline.org to take a look at those entries. And that is going to run until on their page until when? Well, we are taking submissions throughout June, mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll keep it. It lives there okay. on our website, so people can always go see it. Oh, that's it. good. That's yeah. good. We did have a great show last week, didn't we? We did. With the seniors. We it, did. I almost got teary-eyed a little bit during the show. Congratulations to all of them. <laughs> yes, yes, all of the 2020 graduates as well. Now, uh, of course, each week we talk about tips for parents or kids, and now our tips today are going to be centered around the summertime. So what tips do we have? I have three tips, and actually we got these from Georgia State University. They posted a news story there and I found these three I pulled these three out the first one encourage your ch- your child's interest it's a great time expo- to expose young children to something new new opportunities if you find that they're they're interested in something try a new activity with them friends and families can teach younger kids on zoom how to do something new I read an article where lots of children teenagers are starting to garden oh, so wow, that's, good. that's a good thing so encourage your child's interest the second one is to put the children to work, you know, giving children some predictability by engaging them a lot in household chores and just schedule things that they know that they're going to have to do and be held accountable for that helps them um, throughout the summer. And then just enjoy the downtime. You know, sometimes um, kids may seem to be bored. That's going to be that's natural. Mm -hmm. But if we could um, value the season of this time that we're having right now, the summer is a good time for families to think differently and to know that you know, even if they're playing, they're still learning. Right. And yeah. I, I like the first one you said, um, find out what their interests are. This is when you can find out if your child has um, an interest in art. And mm-hmm. then you, I did last year on Next Stop Mississippi, I went around the state looking for unique summer camps. Mm-hmm. I think I was talking to you about mm-hmm. that um, bird watching camp mm-hmm. and camps that you wouldn't. Uh, ordinarily think they were out there. Yes. So if your child is interested in bird watching or rocks or minerals or any quirky thing, very good uh, time right now to find out what their interests are and then try to develop those. If you see them digging in the dirt, don't become frustrated. You know, that they, means they might be a archaeologist um, yes. uh, one day or something <laughs> like that. And um, I know I'm guilty of that. Don't want, I don't like dirt. I don't like mess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but sometimes um, mess and dirt incorporates, uh, develops something in kids' imagination, like right. you said, learning. And for the things. older students, you know, read, learn. If you feel like, oh, I, I got an interest in this thing, read about it, learn about it, practice it, try it out, and and see what how it works for you. All right. Well, I love that. So we got a lot of fun things coming up this summer. And, of course, stay with us at Mississippi Education Connection because this summer we're going to do a lot of fun um, shows. We're going to have Ed said. We're going to talk about the summer learning program and a lot more for parents and students so you know what you can get involved with this summer. Well, don't go far. We're going to take our first break. But when we get back, we're going to head to the Walter Anderson Museum and find out what summer programs they have available for your kids. Stay tuned. This is Mississippi Education Connection, only on MPB Think Radio.
Hey, this is Malcolm White. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour, the arts interview show on Think Radio. Every week we talk with visual artists, musicians, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process. You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcast app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. You're listening to Mississippi Education Connection. I'm your host, Michelle McAdoo, along with my co-host, Tara Wren, Director of Education here at MPB. Well, school is out, and now it's time for a little summer camp fun. But what will summer camps be like in the year of COVID-19? Well, today we're taking a look at a few summer camps across the state that will provide fun educational options for your kids. Let's start on the Mississippi Gulf Coast in Ocean Springs and welcome our first guest to the show, Julian Rankin, Executive Director of the Walter Anderson Museum. Good morning, Julian. Good morning. It's been a while, huh? I haven't talked to you in a couple of months, <laughs> about six months. Yeah, the world has changed a bit. It has. The last time we spoke, you were on Next Stop Mississippi, and we were talking about outdoor events you guys were planning. <laughs> and now, look, now we have to uh, talk about something new. I know, and it's uh, it's a time that demands creativity from everybody. So being in the cultural community, we're, we're used to that, but uh, these new circumstances have, have changed the way we're working, but we, we're still excited to bring art and education and imagination to, to students and, and lifelong learners. So uh, we're ready for summer, even if it's a little bit different. Well, um, speaking of summertime, how have you been able to uh, continue to engage with children and parents throughout the pandemic? Um, did you completely close down? We did. We've been closed since mid to late March, as many folks had, and um, we're still uh, working on a reopening plan. So we're, we're still not physically open to the public, but we've shifted uh, most of our engagement, as many folks have, to online and digital. And so we've um, had a, a new initiative called Art Plus, where we're connecting our collection to different fields of study. We've done digital exhibitions. We've had our own live stream shows, interview shows going on. And then in terms of camp, we're, we're right now um, planning for a virtual STEAM camp. So um, a camp that's going to be uh, online, also take-home activities. We'll be mailing home supplies, and we're going to connect the collection to science, technology, engineering, and math. And so that's going to be uh, on June eighth. So that's our next our next event. Oh well. So you say you're still uh, you're planning your reopening um, procedures. What what do those look like? Do you have any? Um, can you talk about that right now? Yeah, and in, ter- in terms of timing, we're, we'll be announcing our our specific reopening date uh, here next week, but we're working on a phased June reopening. So starting in mid-June, we'll start to open the doors back up. And in the meantime, things are changing. We're, we're installing a new exhibition so that when people do come back, there'll be some, some brand new fresh work on view. And of course, we're taking all the protocols. So we're working on uh, measures to protect uh, visitors and our staff and all the signage and, and cleaning protocols. And so while it might look a little bit different or feel a little bit different, um, most of the time museums are touch-free and and well-ventilated spaces. So we hope that uh, 
know for, for a fact is that the art will still be as beautiful as, as it was before the pandemic. Well, Julian, you, you spoke about how what all the things that you're doing, and then we noticed that you have a reopening survey on your website. What type of feedback have you received from the potential visitors to the museum and who's answered who's answered that survey? Right. Well, you know, the first thing we've seen is that, and this is borne out from other data that's been gathered across the country, is that people want to come back to, to art museums. There's been a, a lack of being able to go outside and to, to visit these places that, that hold so much beauty. So across the board, people are ready to come back, and they also want to see some measures taken, as we would expect, and those are the ones that we're taking. So, you know, social distancing, um, reducing the, um, the quantity of people at any given time, um, you know, asking folks to, to protect themselves and others. And so we're really leaning on the public um, to, to define exactly what we are doing in terms of visitor experience, because we do know that um, while folks do want to come back, they also want to feel safe and, and we're a trusted institution like art museums are. And so we take that responsibility very seriously. Absolutely. You spoke about the things, some of the things that you're doing right now. Do you have any virtual tours that people can visit? Right now, if you go to our website, and as I mentioned, there's an initiative called Art Plus, which is our collection plus uh, connections to different uh, fields of study. And so you can go and see yoga happening in the galleries and follow along. Um, you can walk through the community center and get introduced to Walter Anderson's pelicans and how those connect to science. And we're working right now as well on a new mobile app so that when people do come to the museum, and certainly if they want to do it from, from their own locales, they'll be able to explore the collection further. So um, that's, that's to come, the app, but everything now online, if you go to our website, you'll be able to get a glimpse of the museum and feel like you're with us, um, even if you're not physically. Well, Julian, you spoke earlier about your reopening date. Well, I know your camp, your actually museum has millions of, I mean, summer camps galore, great ones, cooking and all types of fun summer camps. Talk to us a little bit about how your summer camps will take place, given the new guidelines for COVID-19. Right. So we, when when all this happened, we went ahead and, and wiped the slate clean. So all our previously scheduled camps that would have normally occurred um, we put those to the side and are inventing a new paradigm, if you will. So this virtual STEAM camp I mentioned, which is June 6th through 12th, that's uh, in some ways a pilot and an experiment um, for the first summer camp that we'll have. And then as things progress, you know, it's possible that we may have some in-person experiences following that, but we wanted to, to take it slow and, and be safe. And so this first experience, the only summer camp currently on the books is this STEAM camp. And from there, we'll, we'll be adding new offerings. Some may be virtual, some may be in-person. Um, but in the meantime, we're going to get to work on, on connecting, like I, like I mentioned, the, the collection to all these interesting ways of imagining, such as engineering and science. And it's going to be a good camp. All right. Let's talk a little bit more about the virtual uh, STEM camp. Um, who's going to be the educator um, leading the camp and what days they'll be available. And how can people sign yeah, up? Yeah, how can people uh, register? Yeah, so Dr. Heather Montgomery, who's a, a coastal educator, a K-12 educator here, is volunteering and working with us to develop this camp. And we were actually at the museum with her yesterday um, going over some of these fun activities. We'll be doing everything from um, computer-aided design and uh, using um, Petri dishes and making art with Skittles and candy 
um, and using, again, all these different elements of engineering. We'll have architects um, being special guests to, to talk about what it means to create and, and work in a career that demands imagination and problem solving. And so the way the camp works, it's June 8th through 12th. And when folks register, they'll get a, a box sent to their home with all the supplies they'll need. And then they'll have some take-home activities. So every, every day there'll be activities for students to work on on their, on their own. And then there'll be a virtual live class every afternoon. So they'll, they'll get to work with the educators themselves and also um, do some things on their own, this self-guided discovery. And it should be really nice because we do, uh, we've worked really hard on it. The, the camp and the lessons in there are really dynamic. And um, I was testing out some of them myself. I'm not quite in the age group. The, the recommended age group is 8 through 12, but I was getting excited about the activities. Wow. So, you know, Julian, I'm listening to you. And as a parent, my daughter is, is, my daughter is 16, going on 17. But just say, what if parents, especially with the rollout and going back to work, they need a place where their children can actually go to while they're at work? Uh, will there be any, like you said there, you guys are testing this virtual camp out at first is there any talk on reopening actual an actual camp where kids can come? We're certainly all those options are on the table, so we don't want to rush into that and do that right away. But the summer is long, and um, and the you know every day seems to stretch on for an eternity. So as as the weeks go go by, things will change dramatically, and so we're um, in the planning stages for for what some in person camps um, might also look like. So while we're we're foraying into the digital world for now. Um, later in the summer, we, we hope to be able to do some in-person things, and so we're working on those program design um, protocols and activities as we speak. Julian, I want to circle back and ask you, when is the registration deadline for the STEAM camp? So it starts on June 8th, which is a Monday, and, um, you know, really, if you're, if you're registered by that Sunday, you'll be ready to go, um, although, of course, the, if, again, if you're local, but we want to get the mailed um, boxes out ahead of time so I would I would recommend folks go ahead and register. Um, we can work with folks to to you know get the shipping um, expedited or even drop it off at your home if you're local here on the coast. Um, but while typically you would be able to, you'll be able to access all the all the things if you register the day before, um, we do recommend folks giving us um, a good three to five days um, before the, the the program starts, that so we can get that box in the mail. All right. And uh, also, you talked about exhibits that you have. Do you have any special exhibits um, that people can actually look at for this summertime? Yeah, we do. We've got two digital exhibitions actually right now. One is of Walter Anderson's cat. So it's called Nine Lives, Cats of Walter Anderson. And it's um, about 65 different cats that Walter Anderson painted and drew over the course of his life. And it's a great window into seeing his artistic progression from the 1920s all the way um, forward into the 60s. And then there's another exhibition up as well um, of uh, original work by high school seniors here in Mississippi. So we have an annual scholarship show where we offer scholarship contributions to winning artworks from high school seniors. And that's up too. And there's two um, artists from Jackson who won our scholarships this year. So all of those can be found on our website. If you go to the exhibitions page, you'll see the link to our digital exhibitions. Um, and they're really fun, and a lot of great work is on view. What is your website address? It's Walter An- yep, walteranderson.museum.org. 
All right. Well, thank you, Julian. Of course, it's always a pleasure having you here with us on at MPB. And you've been a longtime friend of MPB. Um, good luck with reopening and um, good luck with your virtual camps. I hope they go well. <laughs> but I know people are really itching to get back into the museum because your summer camps were a lot of fun. Yeah, but we'll be ready soon. And we hope everybody stays safe and, and come visit us. We'll be open very soon. All right. Well, thank you so much again for visiting us here at Mississippi Education Connection. It's time for us to take another quick break. When we return, we'll head to the Mississippi Children's Museum. If you have a question or comment, give us a call. It's one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 Stay tuned. This is Mississippi Education Connection on MPB Think Radio. contractor ever tell you of the price of something and it sounds so high you think eh, maybe i'll try it myself some jobs just aren't that difficult and yes you can do it if you want to find out how to do those things listen to fix it 101 podcast everywhere this is an mpb think radio podcast You're listening to Mississippi Education Connection on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Michelle McAdoo, along with my co-host, Tara Wren, Director of Education here at MPB. Well, today we've been discussing how to keep your kids active and engaged this summer and what options are available. Before the break, we spoke with Julian Rankin, Executive Director of the Walter Anderson Museum in Ocean Springs. Now let's welcome our next guest. She's the President and CEO of the Mississippi Children's Museum, Susan Gerard. Good morning, Ms. Gerard. Good morning. How are you this morning? I'm doing fine. How are you? Great. Thank you so much for having me. And um, we say happy anniversary to MPB here at the Mississippi Children's Museum. Happy 50th. Thank well, we you certainly so appreciate much. that. Ronnie was so over much. last week. To, yes. Um, and we appreciate that celebration you gave for, for Ronnie and MPB. Well, Susan, let's just start off. You guys do so much at the Mississippi Children's Museum. And when COVID-19 first hit, what were your first thoughts about operations at the museum? Well, our first thoughts were, you know, how to follow our state and and local and national leaders, what they suggested for um, our museum as well as other museums around the country because we wanted our children to be safe and the families that visit us to be safe. So we closed um, mid-March, and we've been closed to the public ever since. But the staff at the Mississippi Children's Museum probably has been busier than they've been in a long time. We really reacted quickly to support children and families with online activities. Um, we've really pushed us to do some things that we've never done before. Um, folks can find so much great educational content and curriculum on our website now videos on our YouTube channel, some fun things that you can do at home. Um, We also uh, created a wonderful printed piece that um, amazingly has been um, just such a great piece that school districts have requested around that we've sent home to children and also to our members that have lots of great activities that 
you could do at home or um, that teachers could encourage children to do. We had one really fun thing in our playbook, which is our quarterly newsletter that we've distributed um, now, 75,000 copies, um, all camp backyards, you know, about creating your own camp in your own backyard, um, which was really, really fun. So lots of busyness since that middle of March, and we're getting ready for a fun summer and reopening our camps here at the Mississippi Children's Museum. Well, speaking of reopening, I'm glad you mentioned that. What are your uh, policies and procedures moving forward, and do you have a reopen date? We are still trying to finalize that final reopen date to the public. We want to be able to make sure that we can do that safely. We're projecting the end of end of June. We are, um, as as some folks know here in Central Mississippi, we we do have day camps mm-hmm. and we do with childcare. So we are following. Um, see care protocols and we'll start camp in June for a limited number of children. Um, our June camps are sold out just because we, we've got such a limited number that we're doing because we can do that safely. Um, and then hopefully we'll be able to open um, at the end of June to the general public again with, with some limited time tickets and some additional safety protocols so that we can safe distance and still have a fun time. Um, we we will continue to have camp in July, um, and some of those really. But there are really fun things that people can do, even if they can't come to camp at the Mississippi Children's Museum. We're going to have some virtual activities um, online that folks can sign up for via Zoom, and you can get more information about that on our website uh, at mschildrensmuseum.org. We're hopeful this summer to have some really fun virtual things like Art Smart and Super Steam, um, some yoga for children. So look forward to some of those things that um, even if you can't get to the museum that will be available online. Well, Well, Susan, knowing that you will be responsible for the health of children attending your camps, what is your level of comfort for allowing children to attend camp in the museums this summer? Well, ours is going to be set up really more like childcare, um, and so we are following um, and have had many conversations with um, our our folks at the state level about limiting the number of children in a particular group and um, doing temperature checks and sanitation stations and um, protocols for disinfecting. Um, just a very high level. We we have always been, as a children's museum, intensely focused on cleaning, and our staff is very very well trained in that. Just in a normal, just in our normal life, but pre-COVID, we um, were had very very high standards, um, and we've added on those safety standards and recommendations that our state, um, local, and federal officials have uh, designated for for centers and child care centers and daycare centers. So um, we we would not be doing this unless we felt like we could do it safely. Susan, what special exhibits do you have this summer? I know you guys have a special one every once in a while. Yes, we um, actually are welcoming Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles later this summer. And we are super excited about welcoming the turtles 
um, mm-hmm. to Jackson. And um, we know Leonardo's probably going to bring a special pizza with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we are really excited about that. This particular exhibit is focused on um, STEM and STEAM, science, technology, engineering, and math. Um, so we're really excited that children um, have an opportunity. We know some, um, the school year was was disrupted, and we know this is an important time during the summer and a summer slide to try to make sure that we stay um, you know, totally focused on, on keeping out our grade level and learning some new things this summer, but also having fun. So we hope that this exhibit will allow us to promote some of these initiatives uh, for children and, and look forward to welcoming the turtles later this summer. And speaking of having fun, you typically host events, birthday parties, and field trips. How has all this changed, and what do you expect people when do you expect people to be able to utilize the museum for those type of things again? Will you be open for birthdays? Again, later this later this month, mm-hmm. um, I mean, later in June, we are still um, following our the advisement of um, our, our state, local, and federal guidelines when we can do that safely. We anticipate to be able to do that. Um, again, time tickets, we are going to have limited um limited spaces so right. that we can um, stretch out in the museum. I, I will say one thing that we're very fortunate in is that we have gorgeous outdoor spaces. Um, our literacy garden, which is outdoors, is about 18,000 square feet. Um, we are planning on doing some things at our splash pad and our pollinators garden. Um, we planted a secret victory garden, so we are hopeful to be able to use our outdoor spaces in a much more robust way for programming, and that gives us an additional, our building's 40,000 square feet, so we are looking at a significant numbers of square footage that we can spread visitors and guests out when we open, when we reopen to the public and do some really interesting, fun programs. Um, one thing that um, our staff is um, an idea that we're doing that I think is just really, really fun is a kite-making day that um, teaching children about flying a kite and mm-hmm. um, taking – we would set up station outdoors for children to make their kites. And so um, I think that's a really fun idea that we can execute safely. I just can't shout out our education team enough to – think three safety protocols, but at the same time, we know that this has been a stressful time for children and to try to give them some um, reassurance and also maybe get back to normal a little bit. Children do look crave um, that sort of schedule and normalcy, and so um, I really have to shout out our educators who are thinking about all these safety protocols as well as how to meet our mission to serve children and families. Wow, you have lots going on. Those are some fun programs, and the fact that children can get outside and and do those things outside Mm -hmm. and explore is is really great. Just interested in knowing about membership. Are you offering any special offerings to members during this time? Um, I just cannot thank our members enough. They have been so supportive. We, they have answered our survey questions, which has helped us 
um, establish what we what our next steps should be. And we are very grateful to our members. Many of them have renewed their membership to support the museum, even though we're not open. We are offering members an additional day on the back end of their membership for every day that we're closed. Um, so many of our members, though, have just been um, supportive and um, have given us great feedback and, and financial support. So we, we do want to say thank you for that. All right. Well, congratulations, of course, goes out to you and your second location being built in Meridian. Can you give us? Yes, a, yes I can't wait. Can you give us an update on the construction process? Absolutely. I hope folks can go to our website. We actually, it's a fun thing for children because we have, um, you can watch the museum being built. Um, there's a link on our, link on our website, um, that we are building our new museum on 22nd Avenue and Meridian. Um, the community in East Mississippi has been amazing. There is just wonderful leadership that has brought this to the children of East Mississippi, this project to the children of East Mississippi, and we're really excited. They're going to—it's going to be about twenty thousand square feet, but we have almost the exact same square footage outside. So their garden—it's called My Fantastical Backyard—is going to be almost the same size as the interior. So mm-hmm. it's going to be an amazing, beautiful um, facility for children and families and educators. Um, the museum is on 22nd Avenue leading into downtown, and Meridian has so many amazing things going on right now. The Max yes. um, is just a great, beautiful facility, um, and check out what's going on on their website. We've been partnering with them, um, so we really are excited about being in East Mississippi and about being part of the Meridian community and we anticipate opening the museum in 2021. So it gives us all something hopeful to focus our energies on. The exhibits in the museum will celebrate. They'll be similar to the Children's Museum here in Jackson, but we have some new things and some wonderful stories to tell about East Mississippi. I don't know how many of your listeners know about the Key Brothers. They were early flight innovators, mm-hmm. and um, they developed in-flight refueling. And it is such a fun story to learn that some of our inventors and people that created uh, things for our country um, are actually based out of Meridian. Um, And so we have a great exhibit and a flight exhibit that we're really excited about showcasing that. Yeah. Meridian has a rich history in Mississippi um, with um, PV electronics being there as well. It's a lot of rich history. A lot of good exhibits can come out of uh, Meridian alone. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now you mentioned earlier, you mentioned uh, your camp, your first camp is already filled up. Yes, in June. We, um, I mean, we may have a couple of spots later in June open, but because of we wanted our safety protocols, we did limit the number of children just so that we want to be able to do that and, and spread children and be able to socially distance and um, make sure that we could, we, we're changing the protocols right. of how we do camp um, a little bit differently and keep children separate in separate groups. So, um you know, your listeners can, can double-check our website um, if any cancellations pop up. But uh, for the most part in June, we, we have sold. I do think there's some spaces still left in July. 
Um, and we want to serve those children and families that do need places for their children to go. But um, just keep an eye out on that MSChildrensMuseum.org. Well, what, do you, what would you say to parents who are still apprehensive about signing their children up for camps or bringing them into the museum? Um, I think that um, parents would have to do the things that they feel comfortable with. I know that um, for our members and for people that love the museum, they know that our staff loves children and that we are going to do um, what's base, best and safe and, and use the highest possible protocols um, we, we can. Um, so I think, um, you know, this will be a good opportunity. I know, I know some parents are returning to work and, and they need places that they feel confident um, that their children can be. So um, we, we look forward to trying to serve the families. Yes, and I know you mentioned uh, kudos to your team and your educating team because no one could have predicted this time. And Julian said it earlier, if you were listening, it actually brought out a lot of creativity out of the entire staff. You had to redesign your policies and how you were going to move forward in with the museum. And so a lot of creativity that was forced out of people came out. So I'm sure, (laughs) you know, that's uh, correct. Yes. With virtual online camps and um, like you said, coming up with online exhibits and things like that uh, for Mm -hmm. kids to do at home with their families. It's just really um, interesting to see how the entire world has adapted to this uh, unprecedented time. I know. And I do have to say one thing that my team did, too, besides the, besides our creation of online curriculum, they recognized that not all children have access, mm. and they have distributed probably six to 700 activity kits to some of our after-school children um, who... Um, you know, needed some hands-on things and and maybe some social-emotional tools like a stuffed animal. Or um, So they've been really busy, too, reaching out to children um, who who needed some extra um, information, maybe in a more tangible form, um, that might not have access to our online curriculum. So I'm really proud of them and appreciate everything that they do and and how their heart is for children, um, safety and their safety and health. Right. Well, Susan, thank you so much for being a part of Mississippi Education Connection. Give the website one more time and uh, let everyone know where they can register or see if they have any more openings for your summer camps this summer and what you have All available. Right. All right. It's ms mschildrensmuseum.org. And um, you also can follow us on all of our social media platforms, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And that's a great way, easy way, just to click a link on something that you're really interested in. Right. Well, we've been speaking with Susan Gerard. She's president and CEO of the Mississippi Children's Museum here in Jackson. Thank you again for being a part of Mississippi Education Connection. Thank you. You stay safe, okay? Well, it's time for our final break, and when we get back, we'll head to the Boys and Girls Club of Central Mississippi. Plus, if you have a question or comment, give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Stay tuned. This is Mississippi Education Connection on MPB Think Radio.
Hi, I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, Professor of Internal Medicine and Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. This is Mississippi Education Connection on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Michelle McAdoo, along with my co-host, Tara Wren, Director of Education here at MPB. Well, if you're just joining us today, we've been taking a look at summer camps and programs from around the state. Now, if you have a question or comment, give us a call. The number is one 672 Now, before the break, we spoke with Susan Gerard, President and CEO of the Mississippi Children's Museum. All right. So let's go and welcome our last guest to the show, the President and CEO of the Boys and Girls Clubs of Central Mississippi, Penny Ainsworth. Good morning, Penny. Good morning. How are you? We are fine. And I just must say, I've never talked to you here at MPB. I'm so glad I had a chance to uh, get you on the show and talk about the Boys and Girls Clubs of Central Mississippi. Well, I am excited to be on the show, and we we must not let this go much longer without us talking, um, (laughs) especially about some of the best commodities we have in the world, and that's our young people. Yes, yes, yes. So real quickly, let's tell us a little bit about yourself and how you, your role with the Boys and Girls Clubs of Central Mississippi and how you got involved with the program. Oh, wow. So you want to start off and making me feel old <laughs> at the top of the meeting. So um, this is my 24th year in Boys and Girls Clubs. I started out in the clubs in Virginia um, back in the um, early 90s, uh, right out of college, undergrad, and then through grad school. Then I've, I've shifted around throughout the years, spent five years in five different states for Boys and Girls Clubs. I feel like I've been in the military for children, mm-hmm. um, but they, I am a gladiator for youth. Um, that's my purpose. Um, I arrived here as president and CEO seven years ago, almost eight, and um, I never thought that Mississippi would be home. Um, I'm a northern girl, um, but I can't think of any place today I'd rather be. And um, you talk about, you, we can hear in your voice the passion that you have for what you do. That is so great. Uh, talk a little bit about what the Boys and Girls Clubs actually do for Mississippi and the um, yes, kids. Ma'am. Well, good deal. Um, well, I, our, our organization is, stationed, is located here in um, Jackson and surrounding areas. But all together throughout the state of Mississippi, we have 18 organizations. And our sole purpose is to keep our young people on time and on track for high school graduation with post-secondary plans. Um, literally, uh, we're not schools. We're aligned with schools. We're aligned with parents. We put together um, life teams to make sure that each of our young people have a plan for a future. And literally, we, um, our organization exists to identify and fill the gaps in the community to ensure that every child is set up for success in life. It's not complicated for us. We got a simple mission: is to save lives for young people and build hope. That is awesome, Penny. What's a typical day when a student enters the Boys and Girls Club? What happens when they're there? Okay, so we call it the Blue Door. Uh, once the Blue Door is open, our young people walk through. 
um, the magic starts, and the kids are magic. Um, they they literally come inside the, our clubs, and they go into five different core areas throughout the day, uh, from career development to um, financial literacy to um, our workforce development programs to making sure that our kids understand how to um, cook and know how to write a check. And, of course, we got health and lifestyles, which means they go through the gymnasium and we have old-school exercises and making sure our kids' brains, their mind, body, and their soul is um, committed to doing something daily. And then we offer the soul of the organization is our games room where the kids can go in there and, like, we used to do and play old-school games and, and make sure that we're sneaking learning into the kids by teaching them life skills. Yes. Right. Now, your, your clubs are currently closed at the moment. What are your plans for reopening? So our clubs, we haven't closed. Um, we closed to serving kids on the inside, but kids still come every day ever since um, spring break ended to um, we immediately opened up for meals. Mm. Uh, when everything hit the fan and we learned that um, the world had to shut down, when schools shut down right after spring break, um, my biggest fear was um, my babies eating they, because they normally eat breakfast and lunch in school and then they get to us for dinner and two snacks. And so my immediate fear was what are my babies going to eat? And that literally I went to the board and I said that. And so we continued our feeding program. And then we partnered with the city of Jackson and, and did Meals on Wheels, and we took food to the community because one of our kids' biggest barriers is transportation. And so the kids that couldn't get to the club to get food every day, um, we took dinner, um, breakfast and lunch and dinner out to them. Mm-hmm. And then we, um, during the peak of COVID, um, when at the, the, that week or two where the, the, gov- the governor and the mayor said to everything needed to keep still, that was the only time we didn't feed. And then we open right back up to feeding. And so um, the doors have never been closed for the clubs. Now, we have been serving kids through virtual matters. Um, we, For our kids who didn't have computers, we deliver computers to them so that they can do, get their schoolwork done and still work with our, our professionals um, if they need help with homework help because we offer homework help and tutorials every day during the after-school program. So we continue that um, once all of this kind of the world shifted. But for my babies that couldn't get, you know, didn't have technology at home, we took computers to them. We took boxes of food to them. Um, we never stopped, and we won't stop. So you plan you plan to continue this service throughout the summer at all of the, all eighteen clubs across the state? Now, see, now I'm not over the eighteen organizations. All I have, all we have in our battery, um, Boys and Girls of Central Mississippi, is the four unit. I got gotcha. um, Yes, ma'am, inclusive of our camp is down in Hazelhurst. Um, we will open up um, our three inner city units for the summer as well as our camp. Yes, wow. Ma'am. So how can a student become a part of the Boys and Girl, Girls Club? Is there a registration and to, to be able to utilize these services? Yes, ma'am. Um, we do. Parents have to come out and go to any one of our units or give us a call, and we'll walk them through it. But they, can, they have to go in person because of some personal information we have to um, receive from them to register their children, but we turn no child away. Now, Penny, are you taking any new guidelines for COVID-19 as far as registration and p- people uh, coming into your facilities? Are you doing temperature checks, um, screenings before people and the kids come in? Yes, ma'am. Uh, our entire look post-COVID and um, has changed. Nothing is the same now. I mean, 
we're working directly with medical groups to make sure um, that we're doing everything from a safety standpoint. Like we had Dr. Quinn's team to come in and train our staff the, uh, last week. We're doing um, three, three, day, three a day, we are calling it, three a day temperature checks. Um, no adults are coming, uh, gonna be allowed to come into the building uh, when parents drop kids off, they're going to be dropping them off on the front of the building. Um, and I'll just say our capital unit, because most people know the capital unit has been around um, close to 100 years. In that facility, we have eight classrooms. And so we're, 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 we're programming now from a, a, a 1 to 10 ratio. We're not going to work directly with the CDC guidelines. And so that club that normally serves every bit of 400 kids a day during the summertime, we're, we're, we're um, abbreviating it down to 80 kids for the summer, the 80 the top at 100. Um, and so we're going from serving 1,000 kids a day in our units to only serving 300 this summer for safety reasons. Wow. Um, each child will have to wear a mask. Each director will have to have on a mask daily throughout the day. Um, we're not just checking the temperatures of our young people. It's also of our team members. So we also have to figure out what does that look like if someone has a temperature over 99, where do we go to call an additional professional to come in? And so we have what we're calling our substitute professionals who are waiting to see if they have to come to work. Um, everything has changed. We have um, hand sanitizer stations installed outside of each one of the classrooms. We have a sanitized classroom where all the young people in one class are shift to at least twice a day so we can sanitize their room again. Um, we, we're not doing water fountains because of the, the, the growth of the bacteria. Right. We're closing down all of our water fountains, mm -hmm. and we're going to have a bottled water. Um, um, everything is going to be bottled water, bottled juices, everything, so that to keep the, um, the bacteria right. down, which well, is coughing. <laughs> well, Penny, I hate to cut you off. You're giving us some great information. Give me the website one more time where people can find out everything you just said and more. It's bgccm.org. Thank you. Or they can give us a call at 601. Can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Okay, they, or they can give us a call at 601-969-7088. All right, well, thank you, Penny Ainsworth, uh, President and CEO of the Boys and Girls Club of Central Mississippi. We want to thank all of our guests today for joining us today. Of course, the um, Mississippi Education Connection is in conjunction with MPB Think Radio's Education Department. Join us next week as we welcome Ed Said, MPB's Ed Said, to Mississippi Education Connection. Stay tuned. This is MPB Think Radio.